It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Ton Bettis with you this morning. We're taking your calls 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. Pam is on the line in Cottonwood Heights. Good morning, Pam. What is your question? Good morning. I planted an uh, Arctic rose nectarine this spring, and it's grown pretty well. It's gotten about a foot of growth on the extension uh, branch coming out. But at the top now in this last month, the leaves are getting, they're only like about a quarter of an inch wide. Uh, So it's just looking unhappy, and I'm not quite sure if there's anything I should try to do or just keep watching. So can you describe how the tree is being irrigated? I hand water it um, about three times a week um, and try to water it deeply. Okay. And is your soil well-drained or somewhat clay? What kind of soil texture? uh, It's pretty good soil. I've worked on it for about 30 years. (laughs) Okay. So what I'll have you do is... When you're ready to irrigate, just get a little hand trowel, like a little gardening shovel, and dig down six inches and see if the soil's still wet or not. And if it's still wet, I would hold off because especially, you know, we're warming back up a bit, but when we're in the high 80s and low 90s, in an average loamy soil, I would suspect I would water that tree probably twice a week deeply. But the three three times may be needed when it's hotter. But it, when you start getting growth like that, it's usually too much or too little water. Okay. Too much would probably be the, then too little, I think. Yeah, and just check the soil. And if it's still moist, check it the next day and just figure out a watering pattern. And this fall, you will still need to keep the tree irrigated if, even if your irrigation is shut off. But just take a, you know, a few gallons of house water and... Until we get regular rain and snow, just give it a drink once in a while. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you for your call, Pam. Next listener is razzing me a little bit about my newspaper comment where I said most people don't have newspapers laying around. I do have newspapers laying around because, yes, I do have a subscription. It comes. But what I meant by that wasn't that nobody's reading the newspaper. What I actually meant was most people now get the online subscription. They do. Except our family. We still like that visceral holding of the newspaper. So a couple times a week, yes, it does arrive in the mail. Even through the 90s and early 2000s, I personally, when I wasn't married, subscribed to the newspaper. But there was just something being able to leaf through it, see what's going on for the weekend, what movies are playing and events, you know, the comics and things. And so I don't subscribe anymore. I get most of my news online. But... I can lend you some newspapers if you need. <laughs> but yeah, it's always something that I've, it's just almost seemed like you had time to sit down and take a half hour, 45 minutes and 
peruse the newspaper. But shouldn't we be doing that for ourselves? We should. We should be. Uh, What they really want to know was uh, they want to know if you can take the mesh off of sod before putting it in because they like to dig out their own weeds. And mesh kind of makes that difficult. It does. And I think if you try to remove the mesh, it may cause the sod to fall apart. And so you could try a piece or two and see what happens, but that mesh is there to keep the sod intact. And so it's just going to be how well the sod is developed and how well it will stick together. Okay. Next listener says they have a three-year-old brilliant autumn serviceberry tree. Some of the leaves are now starting to turn white, and they want to know what that means. Probably too much water or too little. They don't usually do that unless they're being drowned. And the white color means that there are nutrient deficiencies in those leaves and there's almost absolutely no photosynthesis taking place. And so they need to check the irrigation to make sure that it's being watered to keep the soil moist, dry out a little bit between irrigations and then water again, because it's very uncommon for them to do that. If they have some questions, they could email some pictures over to their local extension office to see if they could get some further help. Okay. How are they going to best deal with the water, knowing whether they're getting giving it too much or too little? Dig down next to the root ball. Don't you know damage the trunk, but go off six inches or a foot to one side and just dig a hole, especially at the edge of the root ball where that artificial potting soil was and see how wet it is. And it could be that the top two or three inches is drying out, but as they go deeper, it's kind of created a swimming pool effect and the water's just collecting almost like a swimming pool underneath the plant Mm -hmm. because there's not really any disease that would cause those leaves to bleach. It's usually too much water. Okay. Ernie is in Bountiful. Good morning, Ernie. What was your question? Well, I I planted some uh, easy seed in the spring and, Everything was looking great. New grass came up looking fine. And then the summer killed it all. And so I'm wondering about planting again in the fall, but I don't know about how it's going to winter. So I just wonder if you got some tips for me. Late August is the best time to start new grass of the entire year. It's still hot, but it's cooling down and the grass has enough time to get established before frost. So it's a perfect opportunity to get it reprepped and get it in. Okay. Uh, What's your opinion about any kind of a shade screen, I mean, for plants or for grass, to minimize the effects of the sun and the heat on the plants? Well, when that heat hit, the only way around the turf maybe dying out if it was fairly new would be to continue irrigating almost like you did you know, to get it established and up and going. But it's probably impractical to shade larger areas of turf. But in the garden areas, there's several ways that you can make a frame, just like T-posts and twine or and supporting it every so often. But you just want to find a shade screen that's 30% shade. And that seems to be pretty good for our garden areas. Thank you for your time. Have a good day. All right, Ernie. Thanks for listening this morning. Uh, next listener wants to know when to plant raspberries. Is it better to plant in the spring or the fall? They're generally available in the spring as the the most inexpensive way to do it is just the bare root uh, starts that you can get sometimes six for $10 or thereabouts. 
But there's also throughout the season established raspberries available to where they come in a container. And there's if you wanted to plant them now, that would be totally fine. I would get them in the next two or three weeks just so that they can get rooted. If they're smaller containers, say like a four-inch container, I would not plant those in late fall. Okay. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. Phone lines are open. You can also text us your questions at 57500. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Number to call 801-575-8255 or you can text your questions at 57500. Carolyn is on the line now from Erda. Good morning, Carolyn. What was your question? Good morning. Uh, this year I grew some white onions from Seth. And when I pulled the onions up, there are some that have green streaks into the top of the onion, and then there are others that are totally green down to the soil level, and where the onion was beneath the soil, the onion is white. Did I do something wrong with the onions? So are the portions of the bulb that are green just above ground? Yes. So they may have been planted a little shallowly and maybe needed to be covered a little more because it sounds like there's chlorophyll in the top of the onion. And so if the bottom is white and you're just using them fresh or freezing them, you could cut that green part off and still use them. All right. So the green part is not usable. I don't think so. I would be very cautious about that. You know, I'm not a, I don't specialize in plant diseases as much or physiological problems, but that green part, it's probably not poisonous and you could cook some to see how it tastes, but I'm suspicious of it. And I personally just, my initial thought is to not use it. What percentage of the bulbs are green? Um, I only saw maybe five out of the two rows that I dug, so there wasn't a lot. There were a lot that had green streaks down into the onion, but it wasn't totally green like some. Okay. I mean, you could bring some of those onions to your extension office in Tooele, 
And the it, the diagnostician in there, Justin Weicker, could take a look at them visually to see if there's any possibility of diseases. But it sounds like it's maybe more physiological. But I would go ahead and just bring two or three of them in to Justin. I think he only works a few evenings a week and just let them take a look at it. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn, for your call this morning. Uh, next listener, Tan says, uh, what should they be doing for their raspberries this fall? Is there something they need to do? No, just uh, make sure that they're watered until you know your irrigation is shut off and you don't need to overwater them. And then sometime when the leaves fall off or turn brown, they can cut them back. And so they could download some fact sheets on how to cut them back depending on if they are ever-bearing or just a summer-bearing variety. Okay. Marilyn is in Roy. Good, mar- good morning, Marilyn. What was your question? Hi. I have. Um, I planted a cucumber plant in a pot, and, it, and I put it on a tomato, um, one of those cages, so that it wouldn't be on the ground. But I have got tons of blossoms, but not one cucumber starting. All right. So it's probably been too hot for them to develop. And then does it have a boyfriend somewhere? Um, it has a zucchini it has a zucchini squash down the hill. Unfortunately, that's like trying to make a squirrel and a dog be boyfriend and girlfriend. They're just distantly enough related that you can't do it. And so another cucumber may help, but the other thing you can do, and this is gonna maybe sound a little silly. But for a week or two, is there the possibility of putting like a, a picnic table umbrella so that in the afternoon the cucumber was shaded? I could do that. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I would shade it for a week or two and see if you start to get some fruit formation. Okay. Be, to just Because we're supposed to be back up in the mid-90s, which is borderline too hot again for a lot of the flowers to not self-abort. And so I would try putting a little shade on it and see if that helps. Okay, perfect. And it's it's watered with a drip system, so it's getting uh, water every other day. Okay, make sure that it's not too wet. Uh, sometimes that may impact things, but I I think maybe a little bit of shade would help. And if it doesn't, next year maybe put two cucumbers in of different varieties and see, okay. you know, like a pickling and a fresh eating or a lemon or something like that and see if the two grown together with a little shade helps. Okay, I, I can do that. All right, Marilyn. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call this morning. Uh, next listener, Tan says their tomato plants are large, but they have very few tomatoes. And what should they do to get more tomatoes? Back off on the water a bit. And this is assuming a few things. But if they've been watering three times a week, maybe back it off to two times a week. Too much water causes the tomatoes to not initiate flowers. If they've been using a miracle Grow product or a liquid, like a maintenance fertilizer on it, cut it off too. Okay. And it could be the heat causing the flowers not to form. You know, I planted my tomatoes late, and through July, I got no flower initiation. I'm barely starting to see some. But my tomatoes are quite large now, and I've only seen five or six blossoms. And so I'm going to follow my own advice and maybe cut my irrigation back to every four or five days to see if I get more flowers. 
I had to dig up my vegetable garden to put in a wall, you know. Uh, so I had to move where I usually plant my vegetables to different spots throughout my yard just till I can get my vegetable garden back up and running. My tomato plants have never done so well. They are they are so happy in other parts of the yard. Like they're like, "Ooh, we're free." <laughs> They've made it, it maybe the, tomatoes the and, garden soil is a little bit tired and I needs think it's a few tired. years to renew. Yeah, well, it's going to get it because the wall's not going in yeah. very quickly here. All right, next listener says, "Is it safe to use Roundup in ninety plus degree weather? Will it aerosolize?" Era, no, it's two four D and dicamba, dicamba that will volatilize. Thank you. But uh, Roundup, as long as it's not windy, does not volatilize. It's better to spray in the morning or the evening, just because the Roundup, the water carrying the Roundup, doesn't evaporate as quickly, and you're going to get better results spraying when it's cooler. I can say it. I know I can. Aerosolize. There, I got it. Uh, Carson is in Kaysville. Good morning, Carson. What was your question this morning? <laughs> Yes, um, we've got a uh, flower bed in our front yard that um, it's a pretty good sized flower bed and it has a lot of uh, uh, ground cover that's grown and um, the flower bed is, is pretty much covered with this ground cover um, and it's in the middle of our front yard and uh, I got looking at it the other a couple weeks ago and uh, we found this, um, it's either a, a mold or a fungus it's it's white it's uh it grows very thick and almost creates a thick white crust over the soil and uh it spreads like crazy um i know i probably gave the flower bed too much water but uh is there anything i can anything else i can do to help get it to go away and to prevent it to coming from coming back <laughs> well what you're seeing is called bacterial or excuse me it's slime flugs and it's an actually a very ancient organism that's not really a fungus even. But it thrives in areas where there's a lot of organic matter and wet soil, and it looks like all of a sudden the earth vomited into your flower bed, and it dries yeah. out. And sometimes a real common name is dog vomit fungus. Oh, okay. I don't know why okay. we're disparaging dogs. but Poor you know. dogs. <laughs> but uh, just scoop it up with a shovel and throw it away. There, everything's just fine. Okay, so it's not going to ruin the plants or anything. If you leave it, it could smother them a little bit. But if you see it, just get a shovel and, you know, put it in the garbage can or something similar. But it's in and of itself, it's decomposing organic matter and conditions are ideal for it to spread. And what it does is that fungus comes up or that um, spores come up and as that dries out and it gets traffic and just desiccated in things the spores blow in the wind and will land in different yards and they're opportunistic so yeah just scoop it up and throw it away carson thanks so much for your call we are up against a break we need to break for the top of the hour news when we come back we're going to talk about problems in your fruit trees number to call 801-575-8255 you can also text us your questions at 57500 Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind 
only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.